This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. How many of you say you have a favorite restaurant? Raise your hand real high. Favorite restaurant. Name it. Yell it out. Yell it out. Did somebody say Chili's? Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A? Like, that's your favorite? Subway? Who said Subway? That's sad. Texas Roadhouse, really? The rolls? The cinnamon butter? Steak? Yeah? If I would let Michael go anywhere, he would go to Culver's. Can we all boo Culver's? Boo. Oh, got some Culver's hands. Listen, I would say that I have multiple restaurants that are my favorite restaurant. I, there's just something about somebody else cooking your food for you and not having to clean up afterwards. Can I get an amen for that? Okay. Now, one of my favorite, favorite restaurants, I don't think I've ever really talked about here, is this place in Dayton called Thai Nine. Anybody ever been to Thai Nine in Dayton? Thank you, Omar. I mean, isn't your mouth watering right now? You were there last weekend. God bless your soul. I'm highly jealous of you right now, okay? Seriously. Okay. Now, I go to Thai Nine for really probably one thing. Put that picture up for me. There we go, okay? This is called a chicken spring roll, okay? And The thing about a chicken spring roll is this. Number one, it's fried, and there's chicken, and it's just full of, like, oil and salt, and it's just, oh, it's just, you, like, it's that perfect combination where you, like, get the crunch, but then you get something soft inside. You know what I'm talking about? Like, double-layered, and so I love, love, love these. Now, Jess told me this one time. She said, listen, don't ever find out what's inside of it because I'm so crazy picky, okay? She's like, don't ever figure out what's actually inside of this thing. And so I looked it up, okay? okay. It starts with minced chicken, which I don't even know what that means, minced chicken. I mean, is it like baby pieces of chicken? You know, like, I don't really understand, okay? Then it goes to shredded carrots. You know, I'm like, I don't know about that. Then it goes to bean sprouts, cabbage, minced onion and cilantro, snow peas, beans, peanuts, and a seaweed wrap around it. Okay? Now, I don't know about you. Separate, there's a bunch of these items that you could not pay me enough money to eat, okay? I mean, like, if you just put down some snow peas in front of me, I'd be like, get this garbage out of my face, you know what I mean? If you wanted me to eat beans, like, you know, I was talking to Melissa about Africa because I'm literally going to lose 30 pounds when I go to Africa, okay? And she's like, I'm like, what can you eat there? She's like, there's beans and there's rice. I'm like, oh, God, no beans, you know? Listen, separate, there is a bunch of items inside of this one thing that I love that I would never touch, okay? But the truth is this. Somehow, when you put it all together, I just kind of glaze over the fact 
that it's a bunch of things I don't like because when I put it in my mouth, I'm like, yes, I need four plates. And he's like, are you sure you need four plates? I'm like, yes, give me four plates of these because I'm going to eat two here and I'm going to take two home with me in Jesus' name, okay? And the rest of you that think that I'm a glutton, yes, I am a glutton, okay? All right? It's the same thing, though, with God. And it's the same thing with the Word of God. See, there's parts in the Word of God that are really sweet. You know, when I read a passage this morning and I start talking about that the love of God will calm all of your fears, everybody goes, Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's exactly what I needed to hear today because I walked in here with a bunch of fear and a bunch of anxiety, and I really didn't know what to do with it, but you just declared that God's love covers it and takes my fear. Isn't that awesome? And it's so sweet, and it tastes so good. And then there's moments, though, in the Bible that are kind of salty, There's moments in the Bible that are kind of hot. And then there's moments in the Bible that are kind of bittersweet. And then there's just straight up parts of the Bible where you're like, God, did you really, really mean to say that? Because I don't don't really like that. But the truth is this. When we take the whole Bible, all the parts of the Bible, it creates something that's really, truly beautiful. And this is exactly what God wants to do in our marriages, and this is exactly what God wants to do in our relationships. God wants to build beautiful, strong marriages. God wants to build beautiful, strong, healthy relationships. And if you're not married today, and you're looking forward to that day, Can I get an amen from all those people that are looking forward to that day, okay? The truth is this. Your relationships that you have today are just preparing you for this ultimate relationship that you're going to have in your marriage someday. So today I want to look at how do we build these beautiful relationships and these beautiful marriages that God wants us to have, okay? Go with me to James chapter 1. Verse 1, if you've got a Bible, pull out your Bible. If you've got a phone, pull out your phone. We're going to go to James. We're going to go to chapter 1. Um, I want to just throw this out here also. Um, October 20th, we're going to do uh, a three Sunday nights in a row on marriage. Because the reality is this. I can't cover everything that I could cover in marriage on one Sunday morning. I can't deal with the intricates and all the different things that we need to talk about with marriage. So here's the deal. October 20th, Sunday night, 4 o'clock, we're going to do, do three Sunday nights in a row. We're going to have childcare. You can sign up online, elevate.city. We're going to just talk about the nitty-gritty details. We're going to talk about communication. We're going to talk about love languages. Uh, we're going to talk about having a vision for your marriage. We're going to talk about just kind of intricate details of marriage. So we're going to deal with that. James chapter 1, verse 1, it says this, James, a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. James, a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. The message version says this, I, James, am a slave of God of the master Jesus. And I know we touched on this last weekend, but 
I just feel the Lord sowing a thread through this whole entire series. And what I feel the Lord sowing through this series is this idea, and it's not really an idea, it's really more of a choice of, is the Lord the Lord of my life? Is he master of my life? Have I surrendered my heart to him? Because the reality is this, for a slave, they have no rights. A slave only does what the master instructs, the master's agenda. And I truly believe this, that the Lord has a master agenda for our marriages, has a master agenda for our relationships, has a master plan for our lives. But the question always is this, am I in charge or is God in charge? Who's in charge? First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 through 7, it says this. In every relationship, each of you must wrap yourselves in the apron of a humble servant. Why? Because Jesus was a servant. Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve, but to give my life. I came to this earth that I may be a servant, a blessing to all. It says this, because God resists you when you are proud, but multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. Verse 6, if you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you, leaving the timing in his hands. Verse 7, pour out all of your worries and stresses upon him. Leave them there, for he always tenderly cares for you question is, am I fully convinced that I want the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ in my life? Do I want his leadership? Or do I want to live life based on what I feel? Do I want to live life based on what I grew up with and how I saw my home ran and how I saw my family deal with finances and how I saw them deal with relationship and how I saw them deal with conflict and how I saw them handle different things. How do I want to live my life? Because the Lord ultimately goes, listen, this is your choice. I love that God is such a great father that he goes, you know what, I'm not going to force myself on you. I'm actually going to give you the opportunity to make a choice and make the choice, am I the one that leads your life? Are you able to submit to his leadership? Are you able to, as it says, bow down humbly in his presence and take your pride and lay it at his feet and go, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I love, that's my favorite thing to do with God. Just to go, God, I'm sorry, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I don't know exactly what I'm doing in my marriage. I don't know exactly what I'm doing leading my children. I don't know exactly what I'm doing leading this awesome group of people. God, I don't know, but you do, and you are full of wisdom and full of understanding that I desperately need so that my life can be successful. Because in my own hands, <laughs> I'm going to mess it up. In my own hands, in my own agenda, I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, for years, 
I struggled with a few things, things that I believe that I'm still working through, things that I believe the Holy Spirit is continually changing, things that I believe that will be continually worked through until I go home to see Jesus someday. Anybody else know what I'm talking about, feelings in your own soul like that? And a couple of the things that I super dealt with early on in our marriage was for sure pride, but for sure I just had issues being nice. <laughs> so I had issues being nice. I had issues because I was controlling. I had issues because I was manipulative. You know, I remember this one time in our early on in our marriage. It was probably uh, it was probably year three or four, and I was working at this great church, and I needed a personal assistant. I needed some more help in what I was doing on a weekly basis, and my associate pastor, Pastor Richard, came to me. He's like, hey, we got to find you a personal assistant, somebody that can help you with all these tasks and all these things uh, that needs to get done, and I was like, amen, hallelujah, that's awesome. I need, I need some help, and I remember first, my first thought was, I want to I wanna, I wanna hire Jess. And the reality is, I wanted to hire Jess really because of one thing. I didn't want anybody coming in telling me what to do, right? Because I'm a control freak. And so I go to Pastor Richard, and, you know, I go to his office, and I sit down with them, and what do I do? I manipulate Pastor Richard to believe that Jess is the right person for this job, okay? And so we hired Jess. It was super, super part-time, but we hired her, and we had these daily meetings, and we had this thing called a project plan. It was just, just a boatload of tasks and responsibilities, and a bunch of those things went to Jess, and there was a bunch of deadlines. And, and lo and behold, Jess didn't do a great job. Now, you might be thinking, like, Dude, that's not nice. You know what I mean? How could you say that about your wife? Well, I can say that about my wife because God hasn't designed my wife to be that person. Can I get an amen? See, there are times in life that we are frustrated at people because we have an expectation of them that God doesn't have an expectation of them. Right? Like, I'm so excited that Jess is the worship leader of this house. I'm so excited that when she opens up her mouth, the presence of God comes. I'm so excited that she brings us to the throne room of God. I'm so excited that she is so anointed and she is so gifted to love people. I'm so excited that, that we have a great pastor's wife in this house that cares for the women of this church. I'm so excited for all the gifts and the talents that God's put inside of her, but that wasn't one of them, okay? Now, here's the truth. I knew that. I knew that. But remember, I have issues, okay? And I'm dealing with pride, and I don't want somebody else coming in and messing with how I do things. So I think, well, you know, if we hire Jess, and I can kind of tell her how I want to do, you know. But knowing inside of me that she's really not gifted 
for administration, but I still manipulate Pastor Richard to believe that she could do the job. And then when she's not doing the job well and Pastor Richard is coming down harsh upon me, what do I do? I instantly go into this place where I am extremely not nice. I was thinking the other day about this moment in this series of events where me and her are driving in the car. We're in Kalamazoo, and I mean, I'm just screaming at her. I mean, screaming, like crazy, like losing my mind screaming at her. Like telling her how much of a failure she was. Right? Why? Because I couldn't humble myself under the mighty power of Jesus Christ. I couldn't take my pride, I couldn't take my ego, I couldn't take, you know, my controlling nature, I couldn't take these things and submit it under his lordship. See, the common denominator, the issue with all that was what? It was me. So often in relationship problems or marriage problems, we're always looking at somebody else. We're always looking and pointing the finger and saying they're the issue, they're the problem, their attitude, their voice, their voice tone, what they said, what they did, they're always the issue. But there's so many times where the Lord's going, no, 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 the issue is not just you, it's both of you, but but you're a major part of this issue, something that I need to work on, I need to spend some time with. I love that verse, verse 6, it says this, if you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you, leaving the timing in his hands. Verse 7, pour out all your worries and stresses on him and leave them there for he tenderly cares for you. First thing we need to recognize is this. That's what we talked about in worship today. When we bow low in God's awesome presence. When we bow low in God's awesome presence. And I'm not talking about bowing low in God's awesome presence just on a Sunday morning. Okay? It's really easy to worship God on a Sunday morning. Okay? We work hard to make sure that our band is phenomenal, and we have a phenomenal band. Okay? We have phenomenal musicians. We have phenomenal singers. We have great people that love the Lord. We work hard to make sure that the words are typed out well and there's awesome graphics. We work hard to make sure that the lighting and the atmosphere and the temperature of the room and everything is very conducive so that you can forget about yourself. You can forget about your own selfishness. You can forget about your own world and you can enter into the presence of God and you can bow down and the presence of God comes and you go, oh my gosh, God is so good and he's so loving to me. It's real easy on Sunday morning. It's a completely different story on Tuesday afternoon. Amen? And the Lord says, if you'll bow down to me in my awesome presence, what will happen? You're going to behold Jesus, and you're going to see Jesus. 
And when you see Jesus, see, okay, okay, do you remember when Peter got out of the boat and his eyes were fixed on Jesus? What did Peter do? Shout it out. What did he, what did he do? Walked on water. And a lot of you thought it was a trick question. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, gosh, I don't know. I don't know my Bible facts good enough. I'm not going to shout out right now, okay? He walked on water. What was the moment he drowned? Huh? He looked away. The Bible said he saw the waves and the wind and the, and the lightning and everything crashing around him. So there's something supernatural about when you are fixed on the face of Jesus. When in your heart of hearts, you're like, Lord, you are Lord. And you are not just Lord on Sunday morning. You're Lord on Tuesday. You're Lord on Thursday. You're Lord in my frustration. You are still Lord in my anger. You are still Lord in my disappointment. You are still Lord. Even when I feel these crazy emotions for that person, you are still Lord, and I will fix my eyes on you, and I will bow down in your presence to know your nature and your character and what you desire. Can I get an amen? Colossians 3 Verse 12, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It says this. Since God chose you to be his holy people who he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender mercies, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Could you imagine what your relationships in life would look like with mercy and tenderness and humility and love for other people? They would thrive. Every relationship would thrive. Goes on to say this, verse 13. Make allowances for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. And then it goes on to say this. Everybody read this line with me. So you must forgive others. Let's read it again. So you must forgive others. Let's do it one more time. So you must forgive others. Okay, do you see that word must? Did you see it? It's not asking you if you would like to do this. You see what I mean? When, when I'm submitted to Jesus... And, I, and I'm, I've surrendered to him. I go, I am so overwhelmed that you forgive me. I was in the shower the other day, and I was just thinking about this topic of forgiveness. And the Lord just said to me, he said, could you imagine if I just was kind of like, ah, I'm just kind of tired of you. I'm just kind of tired of your attitude. I'm kind of tired with the dumb things you say. I'm kind of tired with your childish attitudes that you have. I'm just kind of tired of the constant mistakes that you make over and over again. And I just, I just choose not to forgive you anymore. <laughs> You'd be like, what, God? 
I thought I was your child. You know what I mean? I thought you forgave me. I thought you died on the cross for me. See, when I'm submitted to the Lord, I go, oh, yeah, he forgave me well. So my nature has to become his nature. Amen? See, listen, I know this is, this is the moment. This is the moment where you're like, man, the word of God is bitter. And I don't like that part of the word of God. And I don't like talking about that part of the word of God. And I don't like focusing on that word of God. And I don't like feasting on that part of the word of God. But it's just like in life. If I just eat candy all day, which I could, okay? Can I be honest with you? I mean, like the other day, I ate a nerd's rope. Can I get an amen for nerd's ropes, okay? I ate these chocolate. There's these Hershey things. They're like, they're like caramel and nuts and chocolate together. I, I ate some of that. Uh, then, then I just decided, like, man, that box of nerds just looks really good over there. You know what I mean? Listen, I could eat candy all day, but eventually I'm going to get sick. Eventually, I need meat. The Word of God talks about this. Paul talks about this. He says, listen, you can't live off milk forever. At some point, you're going to have to make a decision. Is Lord Jesus my master? If he is my master, then it's my duty to follow my master. If my master forgives and lets go of offenses and makes allowances for mistakes, I must humble myself, I must humble my pride, I must humble these things and bow low before King Jesus. Remember my favorite line when we, when we were newly married was, this is just who I am. Preacher, Pastor Jeff, right? This is just who I am. I tell Jess this all the time. This is how I grew up. This is how God made me. She said that to me the other day. She, she, uh, she had a bowl of chili the other day. She said, I'll give you $100 if you eat one bite of this. I said, no way. Not a, not a chance. And she goes, what's wrong with you? I said, this is just who I am. This is who God made me. She said, no, God didn't make you that way. You know, the devil messed you up. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> right? We just go, this is who I am. I would go, I grew up in Chicago. People in Chicago are tough, and they're, they're harsh, and they just say what they want to say, however they want to say it. And she'd go, are we in Chicago today, Jeff? What am I really saying? I'm saying, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to submit to the Lord. I'm not interested in what he has to say about my pride. I'm not interested to see what he has to say about my controlling nature. I'm not interested to see what he has to say about forgiveness. I'm not interested to see what he has about letting go of offenses. Lord says, it's your choice. It's your choice. 
It's your choice. The second thing is this that is said in that passage. It says, leave the timing in his hands. And we could preach like four messages just on that little piece, God's timing. We get so frustrated with God. We get so frustrated with his timing. We get so frustrated with his plans and his agenda and what he wants to do when he wants to do it. We just want things done now. We have our own agendas. We have our own timing. We're not interested in God's timing. And the really, I think the biggest thing is this. In marriage or relationships, friendships, I think sometimes the enemy just gets us to believe such a deep lie inside of us that anyone or anything or everything is better than what I'm dealing with right now. Can I get an amen for that? He's really good at deceiving us. And so when we're frustrated with something in our marriage or we're frustrated with a, with a problem in a friendship, See, there's this relationship that I once had. Um, back in Michigan. And it ended really bad. Friendships, really bad. And I've forgiven. And I've let go. And... And if I'm being honest, in the, in the depths of my heart, all I want is for this relationship to be healed. It's all. But I got to trust God's timing. I got to trust that God's got a perfect time to heal and restore. Because the reality is this. God's doing something in me, but God's doing something in them at the same time. And we get frustrated sometimes. We're like, God, you're doing something to me, but God's working out the other end of things at the same time. And we have to be patient to allow God to work out the other end. We got to be patient and have patience for each other. The third thing it says this. It says, pour out all your worries and stresses upon him and leave them there, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7, it says this, Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. And can I just say that, can we just say yes in Jesus' name? This is something we all need to work on. This is something all we all do. We got to learn how to be joyous, and we got to learn how to celebrate God well in every season we're in. Even the seasons that are hard, even the seasons that are frustrating, even the seasons that don't seemingly, you don't really understand what God's doing. We can learn to be grateful, and we can learn to be thankful, and we can learn. Li- listen, I'm gonna, I want, I want to challenge some people today. Okay, you might, you might be in here today so frustrated at your spouse or so frustrated at a friend. How about we just change? our attitude and the way we see it and go, God, thank God that I have a spouse. Thank God. Thank God you've blessed me with a spouse. Thank God that there's somebody else in this world that will deal with me. Right? Thank God. Thank God 
for friends. Thank God. They're not perfect all the time, but neither am I. Thank God for friendships. Thank God for that relationship. Thank God for that. We've got to change our attitudes sometimes. goes on to say this. Let joy overflow, for you are anointed. You are united with the anointed one. Verse 5. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for the Lord is near. Don't be pulled in different directions, worried about different things, but in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude, telling him every detail of your life. Verse 7, then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Some of you think, this is a highly troubling verse in the Bible, okay? I'm not, I'm not about this verse, okay? I'm supposed to give all my worries and cares to God and leave them there. So when I am frustrated or upset at my spouse or I am frustrated and upset in a relationship, my job is to go to God and tell him every detail of my life and leave it there. Leave it with him. Meaning that I'm dropping it off. It's like a deposit. It's like when you go to the bank. You deposit that check. And after you deposit that check, you don't come back around to the window again and go, hey, can I get that check back? I know I just deposited it, but can I get that check back? Because I need to take it home with me. See, it's the same thing with God. You leave your worries, your cares, your frustrations, every detail of your life at the throne room of God, and then he says this, walk away. Walk away. Why do I walk away? Because I'm fully convinced and I'm confident God has it. I'm fully convinced that he loves me. I'm fully convinced that he loves my, my family. I'm fully convinced that he loves this relationship. I'm fully convinced. But the problem is this, you can't let go. Why? Because you're so worried that the other person, let me use you, Adam, here. So let's say, let's say me and Adam are, are fighting, we're feuding, we're frustrated, okay? We're friends, but, but I'm frustrated because I think Adam has a wrong attitude, Okay? So I go to the Lord, and I'm like, Lord, I'm just really burdened because Adam's attitudes have just been awful lately, and it's sucking the joy out of our friendship. Anybody ever felt that before? That's, that's like a real thing. And so I'm supposed to leave that with the Lord, but I can't leave it with the Lord because I'm worried about if I leave this with the Lord, and I allow the Lord's love to fill me, and I choose to love Adam, but wonder if Adam doesn't change, right? Wonder if, what, if, what if Adam stays the same? What, what if your spouse doesn't change? What if nothing changes? And you hold on so tightly, I hold on so tightly. I don't let God in sometimes to do what he wants to do out of sure fear of like, God, I, well, if I change first and they don't change, 
what's going to happen next? Well, you'll be free. Amen? Thanks, bud. See, God wants to work on you. We're so focused on the other person in the relationship all the time. We're so focused on our grievance. We're so focused on our offense. We're so focused on what they've done or they've said or, or, or how they communicated with us. And, and so many times, God's like, I just want to work on you first. And I need you to trust me that you can leave this here with me because I'm really good at healing and restoring. It was probably, oh gosh, it was probably a year and a half ago. I had never changed trying to manipulate Jess, if I'm being honest. I just kept trying to make her who? I tried to make her into my grandma. My grandma was the perfect picture in my mind of a woman. My grandma grew up on a farm. My grandma, she cooked and she cleaned and she made food every single night. And, you know, at 6 o'clock, there was this awesome meal on the table. And I never, never worried about any of my clothes being washed. I never, I never had a care for anything in the world. She was like the ultimate caregiver. I was spoiled. Yes, you can say it, okay? And in my mind, when I got married, I thought, this is who Jess is going to be, right? So it took a long, long, long time of me trying to what? I'm trying to manipulate and change her to be my grandma. But the Lord goes, I didn't call her to be that. I didn't make her to be that. I mean, listen, there's no hope for just making roast, okay? There, there's just no hope. Can I get an amen? Amen, okay, listen. We were with a couple the other day. We were talking about this, and they were like, they're like, it's so easy. You just put it in the crock pot, and you put this, like, vegetables, and you put some beef stock in it, and you just let it go. You just let it go. And she's like, yeah, I've done that like four times before, okay? And it's like eating bark, okay? I mean, me and the boys are like, it's like, it's like remember the movie The Christmas, uh, the Christmas Vacation where they overcook the turkey and you're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? My grandma used to make the best roast in the world. I can't wait to go to heaven. I'm going to go to her house. She's going to make me a great roast again. It's going to be phenomenal. But I'm trying to make her into something God hasn't made her. Right? What's the issue? The issue's me. The problem's me. The problem is I don't see her for who God sees her. Right? And I'm trying to manipulate and control and change. I remember the Lord just clearly, it was like as clear as day. He was like, you are not going to change her. Stop trying. And then I asked the real question. Well, what do you want me to 
And I was finally at the end of myself. Because that's really what God's waiting for. God is waiting for you to get to the end of yourself. That you'll ask a real question. And the real question was, what do you want me to do? And the answer was this. I want you to be nice to your wife. (laughs) And you think, wow, what a simple response. No, it's a big response. I just want you to be nice with your words. I want you to be helpful. I want you to support her gifts. I want you to have her back. I want you to be kind. I want you to love her well. And if you love her well, some of these things that you're frustrated with, I'll take care of it. Just leave them with me. Leave them with me. Leave them with me. Leave them with me. Let me work on her as I work on you. See, the Lord's just trying to get you to freedom. He's trying to get you into forgiveness. He's trying to get you into his spirit and into his nature. So the reality is this. So often, We don't have unfixable marriage issues. We don't have so many issues in our relationships and friendships that can't be fixed. The issue is what? It's us. It's just us. And it's just a Jesus issue. It's just a Jesus issue. Did you hear me? It's just a Jesus issue. Because if you would forgive your spouse like Jesus commands you to, a lot of the issues would be resolved on its own. If you would just love how Jesus loves, a lot of the issues would be resolved. If we would just follow the footsteps and the character and the nature of Jesus when it doesn't feel good, can I just be honest in here for a minute? Who cares if it doesn't feel good? Who cares if it goes against everything you believe? Who cares if it doesn't feel right? If it's the word of God, it's truth. And truth will set you free. But the question is this. Are you submitted to truth? And the answer is most of the time we're not. Because it's a Jesus issue. We like hearing that Jesus loves us and he's for us, and he is. But there's these other parts of the word of God that we think is bitter, but I really believe it's not bitter. I believe it's kind of like bittersweet. It's bitter, but there's a sweet ending. It may be kind of of bitter to to think like, I'm going to have to forgive in a way I've never forgiven before. But the backside of it, it's sweet. Because now I can love well again. Amen? Worship team, come on up. I want to read you this verse. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. It says this, But when the fruit produces, when fruit, but when the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is this, it says this, Divine love in all expressions. Divine love, meaning a love that you don't have, you don't possess. It's a love that strictly comes from the presence of God. 
says this, joy that overflows, peace that subdues. I would love to just put a camera in everybody's house because everybody has crazy moments. Everybody has moments that you'd be really embarrassed if somebody else saw it. And the Holy Spirit says, I can produce a peace in those moments that subdues that craziness. Goes on to say, patience that endures. Can I just say that some of you, you just need to learn to endure. Endure your commitment. I'm never, ever, ever going to tell you outside of abuse and even some form of adultery because I've actually seen God heal adulterous affairs and moments all the time. I'm never going to go, yeah, it's okay to get a divorce. I don't believe in it. I don't think it's the right thing to just walk away from friendships. Because I don't like that person anymore. Christ endures with you all the time. Learn to endure with Christ. Learn his grace, his patience, his, his nature. Love this. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue. Faith that prevails. <laughs> There's something about declaring in your relationships or your home, in the name of Jesus, this isn't going to fail. Oh, gosh. In the name of Jesus, it's not going to fail. In the name of Jesus, spite and hate and unforgiveness won't win in my house. Right? Faith. Gentleness of heart. Strength of the spirit. Why don't you stand up this morning? The power of God can empower you to be anything. Anything that you give him authority in. He can't heal what you withhold. He can't heal until you let go of your bitterness. He can't heal until you let go 
of your own pride. He can't heal until you let go. As long as you're in control, you're in control. But the power of God can strengthen you to be anything. You want to know something the Lord's working on me right now? In the last six months, like, I hate saying that I'm sorry to just face-to-face. I'll text it to her, but I hate doing it face-to-face. And the Lord was like, give me that pride. Give me that pride. Learn how to honor your wife well. Learn how to look at her in the face and say, I'm sorry I made that mistake. I'm sorry that I said that. I actually did it the other day. She started laughing at me. She's like, I can't take you serious right now. She's like, is this really happening? I was like, I'm trying really hard right now, okay? Really hard. (laughs) But the power of God can empower you to do anything. The Holy Spirit can give you insight on anything as long as you're willing to listen, as long as your heart is His. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.